Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the criminal trial stemming from the tragic death of Ahmad Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was pursued by three white men, Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan, and was eventually shot to death by one of those men, Travis McMichael. With verdicts of guilty rendered against the three defendants, we continue our complete coverage of the trial from gavel to gavel. On today's episode, we examine the testimony of Matt Albenzi, the man who, on February 23, 2020, saw another man who turned out to be Ahmad Arbery on the under-construction property at the end of his street and called the Glynn County Police to report that man as suspicious. Our examination of Mr. Albenzi's testimony is coming up after the break. After Matt Albenzi is sworn in, Prosecutor Dunikowski asks Mr. Albenzi whether he knows each of the three defendants. Albenzi says that he has a passing acquaintance with William Roddy Bryan and a neighborly relationship with the McMichaels, engaging in mostly driveway talk about trucks, boats, and fishing. Dunikowski then guides Mr. Albenzi to the subject of the under-construction property at the end of his street. Now, in relationship to your house, where is the open, unsecured construction site at 220 Satilla Drive. At the end of the street I live on. And how long has that location been under construction? Two and a half years, maybe, at that point. I'm not sure. What was there before it became a construction site? Just a vacant lot. And had you ever seen various people at his open, unsecured construction site? Maybe some contractors every now and then. Any looky-loos? People just stopping by to look at the property? No, No, you didn't see that. No, I did not see that. Okay. From about October of 2019 through February of 2020, what condition was the open, unsecured construction site? Was it, like, fully open that you could walk in? Yeah, uh, no garage doors. I don't think the front door is on it. Were there any no trespassing signs up? I don't know. Prosecutor Dunikowski then asks Mr. Albenzi about his acquaintance with the property owner, Larry English. And Albenzi says that prior to February 23, 2020, he had encountered and chatted with Mr. English perhaps half a dozen or a dozen times. Now, at some point in time, when you talked with Larry English, did he show you a video of someone who had come onto his property at night? Yes. And what was that person doing? Looking around, walking around on his dock. The dock video? Yes. Did he show you any other videos other than the dock video? No. Do you remember what day it was that he showed this video to you? Uh, Maybe October, November time frame of 19. At any point in time, did Larry English talk to you about items that had been stolen off of his boat, like some fishing equipment and a cooler? Yes. Now, did you repeat what Mr. English had told you to anyone else? Not that I recall, 
Next, Prosecutor Dunikowski guides Mr. Albenzi to what he was doing around 1 p.m. on February 23, 2020. Albenzi says he was splitting wood at that time, and the prosecutor then asks, What did you see? Uh, I just stood up to move some wood, uh, and I noticed Mr. Arbery standing in the front yard of that house. Now, at that point in time, did you know his name? No. Okay. So he was a stranger to you? Yes. All right. So you saw him standing in front of the house? Yes. How was he dressed? Uh, maybe a t-shirt and shorts. Did he have any bags with him? No, not that I recall, no. Backpack on him? No. What did you see the young man do? He was just standing there looking around. I missed it's a good distance away. So what did you decide to do? What happened next? What came to mind was Mr. English's video. Someone that looked like that on his dock at night. So I shut the splitter off, grabbed my phone, walked down to the corner. And did you go in the house and get something else too? Yeah, I had a pistol in my pocket. Okay. So you got your phone, you got your gun, and you walked down to the end of the, the drive, or the end of the street. Right. All right. So where did you stand? Behind an oak tree next to the stop sign. And what did you do then? And I, I saw someone moving around inside the house, so <clears throat> I pushed the send button, called the Lincoln County Police. All right, so when you hit the send button, what number did you dial? The 7800 number. What's the 7800 number? It's the Glen County Police Department. So you didn't dial 911? No. Why didn't you dial 911? I did not see an emergency. Prosecutor Dunikowski lets that statement hang in the air for a moment. So you dialed the non-emergency Glen County number and were you connected to an operator? I was. walking down the street a little further in front of, um, I guess, Subi Lawrence on one side and Diego Perez on the other side, down that street a little bit? Yeah. Okay. And do you remember making any sort of motion? As he answers, Mr. Albenzi makes a pointing gesture. Yeah. There he goes. And who are you doing that to? I was just thinking to myself, run on down the street. Were you intending to communicate to anyone in particular at that time? No. And after you stood in the street and made the arm motion, what did you do then? Went home. At any point in time, did you call Greg or Travis McMichael? No. Did you communicate them with communicate with them in any way, shape, or form? No. After you went home, what happened next? A few minutes, I heard gunshots. 
How many gunshots did you hear? Three. What did you do once you'd heard those three gunshots? Uh, got my bicycle out of the shop and rode down around the corner. What'd you find? I saw a police car. I saw Mr. Arby laying on the street. I saw Miss Greg and Travis there. What'd you do? I stopped and went home. As you know, it's kind of a shocking scene, you know. Now, have you personally ever been the victim of property theft within Satilla Shores? Uh, my daughter's car was broken into, gosh, 20 years ago, maybe. It's been a long time ago. But nothing in 2019 or 2020? No. <clears throat> and do you subscribe to the Satilla Shores Facebook page? Yeah. Do you occasionally post there? Yeah. Um, and do neighbors post about their concerns about crime in the neighborhood on that Facebook page? Yeah, they did. Were you concerned about property thefts in Satilla Shores? Of course. Why? It's our home. Now, did you have any personal knowledge about any burglaries that had taken place in Satilla Shores in 2019 or 2020? Did you know about some car break-ins? Yeah. How did you find out about the car break-ins? It's uh, on the Facebook page. Had anybody actually personally spoken to you about their car break-in, like one-on-one, -on -one and you interviewed mm -hmm. them and you got information about it? No. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Prosecutor Dunikowski then passes the witness over to Bob Rubin, one of Travis McMichael's defense attorneys, who rises to question Mr. Albenzi. This has been very difficult for you, correct? Yeah. Um, it's caused you personally some problems as a result of your role in calling 911. Yes, it is. You've had some concerns at work. Yes. You've had um, concerns about your neighborhood, Satilla Shores. Yes. And even personal attacks on you, phone calls, things like that. Recently, yes. Recently. Even though all you did was call 911. Not 911, but... Uh, yeah. the, the, the non-emergency number. Right. Okay. And that's that's put you in a difficult spot in general. Yeah. I mean, it's put me in a spot. I wouldn't say it's really difficult, but it is something I'm not used to. Bob Rubin then guides Mr. Albenzi's testimony to his conversations with Larry English about the person who was observed in security footage on English's property. He had talked to you about this intruder on his, in his house, right? Yes. And he even went so far as to show you the video of a black male behind his house on his dock. Right. Even though it was open and unsecured, this, this house, it was still his property, as you understood it. Right. This mail he showed you in the video, did Mr. English tell you he was authorized to be on the dock? 
No. And you understood that even though the house had no doors on it, it was still Mr. English's problem, right? Yes. And he could decide who's allowed to come and not come on the property. Yes. You were aware that, uh, and you even tell the Glen County Police, this guy, meaning the man you're seeing on the property on February 23rd, has been to the house multiple times. And that's what I said on the call, but it might have been a heat of the moment. And, you know, it's, I can't say who it was, that guy, or just something that looks like it's what I probably meant to say. Okay, so you didn't know who that male was standing in the yard when you saw look down Jones. No. But to you, he looked like the guy you had seen in the video. Right. And you knew that this guy who you saw in the video had actually been to the house not just that one time, but a bunch of times. Right. Again, you didn't know if it was the same guy, but it was enough to pique your interest to walk down Jones. Yes, sir. Okay. In fact, you tell the uh, Glen County non-emergency number, he's been caught on the camera a bunch before at night. That's what you said in the call we just heard. That's what I said. Okay. It's kind of an ongoing thing out here. It had been. From that guy. Well, I, I can't. I can't say it was that guy. Just somebody that fit that description. Okay. So you felt like this guy had been there before. You saw a video of it, and he's here again, or at least this, if you suspected he's here again. I suppose. Okay. And that's what you told the police. Yeah. Okay. You say to the to the Glen County police operator, um, "We've had some break-ins out here." Right. Right. What you're talking about is what Ms. Donikoski asked you. You were aware from the Facebook page that there was crime, property crime in the neighborhood. Yes. And people were posting about it on the Facebook page and uh, next door page, if, if you're aware of that. Right. But, but people had shared their own personal experience with property crimes in Centilla Shores. Right. And it seemed to be an ongoing problem in 2019, now 2020. It was, yeah. Around the same time that this man that you saw uh, on the video was coming into Larry English's house. Right. And in fact, so Mr. Albenzi, um, you had knowledge, you were aware that items were stolen from Mr. English's house. Yes. And items were, were in his boat stored at the house. Right. And those items were electronics, right? Yep. And a Yeti cooler. Yep. Reuben then moves on to question Mr. Albenzi about his awareness of the encounter between Travis McMichael and a man who was suspected to be Ahmaud Arbery on Larry English's property on February 11th, 2020. Were you present at Mr. English's house on February 11th, 2020, when police arrived at the house? I think I walked down, saw the, the blue lights, you know, they flash all over the place. I went down there to see what was going on. And this is at night. Right. It's dark out. Yeah. So you went down to see what was going on. Right. Did you see Travis McMichael down there? I can't remember if he was there or not. I, yeah, I think he was there. Okay. Did Simple. you see Greg McMichael there? I don't remember. Okay. But you do remember Travis? Pretty sure. Do you remember talking to any officers there? I do remember talking to one officer. Ruben then moves on to ask Mr. Albenzi questions that seem intended to offer context to Mr. Arbery's presence in the Satilla Shores neighborhood when Albenzi spotted him on February 23rd, 2020. The man you saw in the videos that Larry English showed you and the man 
you saw on February 23rd, 2020, you had not seen either of those men before in the neighborhood? No. You never saw either man, if they're different, to your knowledge, jogging in the neighborhood. Now, how long you've, you've lived there? 32 years? Yep. Okay. The man that you saw when you first saw him on February 23rd was not jogging. No. In fact, he was just standing in the yard. That's right. Did you see him look around? I, it seemed like he was just looking around. Okay. Um, wasn't bent over, out of breath? No. Wasn't tying his shoes, lacing them up? Not that I recall, no. You didn't know if that man was armed or not? No. Okay. Before you went down to make your phone call at the corner of Satilla and Jones, <clears throat> you grabbed two things. Yep. Cell phone. Yep. And your nine millimeter. That's right. You put the nine millimeter in your pocket. I did. That's for your protection. Yep. Because you just didn't know what was going on there. Nope. Okay. And as you're calling, you're looking at the house. Right. And you see a person in the house. I saw the person, then I called. Okay. Saw a person through the window of the house. Right. You saw the man that you suspected as, as being an intruder walking through the house through those windows. Right. At some point, you stepped out from behind the oak tree. Right. And that man came out and then took off. Yeah. You suspected he saw you and that's why he took off. I don't know. I know you don't know, but you suspected it. I, I don't know why he took off on it. I don't know if he saw me or not. You told Diego Perez you suspected he saw you. Okay, then. Right? Yeah. Okay. And you told the GBI that you suspected he saw you. At least it was possible in your mind. And you felt some guilt over that. I did. Because you felt like you put into motion these events that turned tragic. I thought maybe if he has, hadn't seen me, he wouldn't have run away. Right. I don't know. Right. It still weighs heavy on your heart. Yes. Okay. Ruben allows Albenzi's apparent regret to linger for a moment before asking the final questions of his cross-examination. While you were making your call and you watched the man we now know to be Amara running out of the house, did you ever see him through the window duck down? I don't know. You don't recall? I don't recall. Prosecutor Dunikowski rises for her redirect examination. She begins by asking for more detail of Mr. Albenzi's awareness of crime in the Satilla Shores neighborhood. So when we're talking about what you're aware of with regard to Larry English, you were aware that he suspected his contractors of stealing items off the boat. I wouldn't say he suspected them, but maybe that was a possibility. And how'd you learn about that possibility? I mean, he, we spoke about it. And you were aware that he had no idea if the items were stolen off the boat while the boat was at that construction site or somewhere else? I have no idea. Okay. And at one point in time, did you believe that the crime that was happening at Satilla Shores was due to a homeless guy under a bridge? I don't know. I heard people talk about homeless people under the bridge. I never saw them. Don't know. Okay. But this was something else that the people in the neighborhood were talking about, right? Right. Okay. And that homeless guy under the bridge, he was a suspect in the 2019 entering autos, right? I don't know. Well, did you suspect him? No. I mean, I, I don't even know if there was a homeless guy under the bridge, so 
No. So this is all just rumor and innuendo going around. I suppose. Dunikowski then seeks to reintroduce doubt as to whether it was Mr. Albenzi's presence that prompted Mr. Arbery to start running. Now, you just testified you don't know if Mr. Arbery saw you or not from inside the house where you're standing under the tree, right? No, I don't. Okay. And you told Diego Perez that you didn't know whether he saw you or not. Is that what you told Diego Perez? I don't remember what I told Diego. And the direction Mr. Arbery ran when he left the house, he went towards the McMichael house, right? Yes. Okay. If he'd gone the other way, where would he have gone? Out towards Highway 17. Out towards Highway 17. Right. Out of Centilla Shores. Right. Bob Rubin rises for a brief recross examination, seeking to counter the inference of Prosecutor Dunikowski's question that by running into the neighborhood, away from the exit streets, Mr. Arbery was not fleeing, but rather continuing a jog through the Satilla Shores neighborhood. Mr. Alpenzi, the direction you saw uh, the man we now know as Ahmad Arbery run was to your left, right? Yes away from the entrance to Satilla Shores Highway 17. Yes. You're on the phone calling the police to come to the neighborhood and check this out. The police would be coming from the direction of Highway 17. Yes. Coming into the neighborhood. Right. right. Going down the street, again, in the direction that Mr. Arbery ran. Yes. Thank you, sir. That concludes this episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. Join us on our next episode as we continue our examination of the state of Georgia's case against Travis and Greg McMichael and William Roddy Bryan. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. Our consulting producer is Paul Butler. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music was provided by Strike Audio. Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Killing of Ahmaud Arbery. <laughs>